0: Hello and thank you for joining us for Church Online today. I want to personally say to our guests who are watching for the very first time, welcome. We know there are so many different options that you could be tuned into through online or social media or through podcasts. So I want to say thank you for watching or thank you for listening through podcast. I also want to say if you're comfortable, we would love to meet you in person at any of our campuses in Alabaster or Columbiana. All of our campuses are open, uh, socially distanced, and safe. We meet at 9 and 10 15 a.m. at both locations. But beginning in December we will return to 9, 1015, and eleven thirty in Alabaster and remain 9 and ten fifteen in Columbiana. So I just want to tell you if you're comfortable we would love to meet you and have you in person at any of our locations on a Sunday morning. Well, I'm excited today. We're concluding our series that we're calling Refresh. All month long, we've been learning how to be refreshed in the Lord. Because I know, like many, maybe you're facing a lot of trials, troubles, issues, problems, pressure, stress, all of those things that we're all carrying this year. It has just been an extremely difficult year. And we felt like it was just a time for us to stop and pause and learn how to be refreshed. So in week 1, we talked about the presence of God and how spending time with him refreshes our life. And we like practical things around here, so we talked about how do you practically spend time in the presence of God? Not that it's just something that you're just that you hear about or you say, "Oh, the presence of God," but how do we practically do that? And then in week 2, we talked about the people of God and how we is better than me. That We are not created to be isolated. We are not created to be alone. And this year has done its best to isolate us. We say it this way, isolation is the enemy's playground and we need each other. I need you and believe it or not, you need me. And so we is better than me. Last week we talked about the principles of God. We learned all about the promises of God and in His Word, all of the amazing things that God has given to us. And those are refreshing. And today, I want to talk to you about the power of God. Maybe you've been through some of this and maybe you're trying everything you know to try. And you don't feel like you're able to break through that ceiling. You can't shake it off and figure out what do I need to do. Well, you don't need to put on the Taylor Swift album and sing it over and over. You need to encounter the power of God. Because God gives us some incredible promises in His Word, the principles that we talked about last week. And the very presence of God, this is refreshing, is available for us. God the Father, the Creator of all of the world, sent His Son to become flesh, to live and to die as a sacrifice for our sin to bring us into relationship with Him. When Jesus returned to the Father, He said, Hey, it's better that I go away because I'm going to leave with you. I'm going to leave my presence, my spirit. is going to live within you to help you and to aid you. And all month we've been building this series out of Isaiah 44 and 3 that says, For I will pour out water to quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields. I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your children. I love this statement that he will quench your thirst, irrigate your parched fields, and not only is this, but this is for our children. It is it is generational. This is a blessing that will last. But notice he said I will pour out my spirit. And that's important. I believe today encountering the power of God is going to be important to all of our lives. This word refresh, this thought of refreshing is not new. It's very common to our culture. As a matter of fact, one of the greatest companies to ever use the word refresh or the concept of refreshing is the Coca-Cola company. Coca-Cola has actually built a company on the thought of being refreshed. If you're thirsty, if you need refreshment, have a Coca-Cola. As a matter of fact, throughout the years, they've used different slogans to brand this drink to you and to me. And some of them are incredible. In 1904, they said, grab a Coke. It's delicious and refreshing. So if you need something to to help bring refreshment to your life, then get a Coke. In 1924, they said, refresh yourself. Grab a Coke and refresh yourself. 1959, they said, be really refreshed. I think they're stretching a little bit on that one, but get a Coke and be really, really refreshed. But my favorite came from 1938, and it's actually the title of our message today that says, The Best Friend Thirst Ever Had. Jesus said that he would leave his spirit to live inside of our lives. The Bible says that God would pour out water to quench our thirst. He would pour his spirit out on us. And I believe that the Holy Spirit of God, the very presence of God in our life, is the best friend that thirst ever had. Today, whatever you're thirsty for, I want to let you know that God has everything that you need. And so today, I want to learn some benefits of the Holy Spirit in our life. And I want to talk about how we practically encounter and build a relationship with the Holy Spirit in our life. So I want to pray for you, and let's ask God's blessing on the word today father i love you thank you for my friends who are listening or watching online god we just give you this moment and this time just to speak to us we know that your word is what changes us it shapes us and it makes us who you want us to be so we pray that you open our ear to hear you clearly open our mind to understand what you say and our heart to retain what it is so that when we leave this place we are not just hearers of your word but we are doers in Jesus name amen so I want to talk to you today about holy help this is what the Holy Spirit does for us this is how God is going to quench your thirst or irrigate those parched fields. In other words, the dead places of our life can be resurrected because of God's working personally inside of us. Today, we can be refreshed because of the Holy Spirit, the very power of God. So number one, I want you to write this down. Here's what the Holy Spirit does, some holy help, is the Holy Spirit comforts you. The Holy Spirit will comfort you. Notice what the Bible says in John 14 and 16. This is Jesus talking. He says, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. Underline that word comforter if you're where you're taking notes. That he may abide with you forever. This is really incredible because this is the heart of Jesus. Jesus says, hey, I'm going to pray to the Father, and I'm going to ask him for another comforter. I'm going to ask him so that he would be with you forever. Jesus is making preparations because he knew that he would not be physically on this earth to walk with us and hold us by the hand as he did in the days of the Bible. And he knew that you and I, and even those he were walking with at the time, they would need a little extra help when he was not here. He said, so I'm going to pray, and he's going to send you a comforter, someone to help you. There is nothing more refreshing than comfort in the time of need. There is nothing more refreshing than in a moment of weakness or in a moment of problem, in a moment of stress, in a moment of worry, when someone shows up and is able to bring you comfort. But there are moments in our life where just other comforts of people and of circumstances just will not do. I can remember times of my life when I was at my lowest and somebody would say, hey, I'm going to pray for you. And I was so low and I was so overwhelmed that I thought to myself, this is just me. I said, if somebody says I'm going to pray for you one more time, I just want to punch them in the nose. I know that's not very spiritual. I know it's not right, but it's real. It's the way that I felt because I was so overwhelmed. I needed comfort, and I didn't feel the comfort from everything else and everybody else and all the things that I'd tried before. And this is where we need the comfort of the power of God, the very Holy Spirit of God. And I know that you and I, I know we we go through so much, and we say, Okay, well, Pastor, you say that you get comfort for the Holy Spirit, but how does that work? I've never experienced that. I believe that oftentimes you and I have a hard time encountering this comfort. We have a problem with the supernatural because we are so conditioned to the comfort of the natural. We have a hard time being comforted by the supernatural because we are comforted by the things of the natural. Think about this. When you're born, I mean from the moment you're born, what do we do to our kids? We're trying to find ways to comfort our kids. And when our kids cry, we try to find a way to stop the crying. In in my house, I can remember, this is one of my sons. My son is four now, but we used a pacifier when he was little to put it in that mouth to quieten him down when he was crying. So anytime he would start crying, we would say, where is the pacifier? Many of you have done the same thing. As a matter of fact, this one had a clip on it so that we could clip it to his clothes so they did not go anywhere that at any time or any moment we had a way to bring him comfort. And then he grew kind of out of the pacifier and we we did away with that. We found new ways to take care of him. And even today as he's four years old, he gets comfort from some of his favorite blankets. There are certain blankets that he has that he says, hey, I need to get my blankets. If we start talking about going to bed, he says, I need to get my blankets. If we go on a road trip and he knows he's going to be in the car and get tired, he'll say, Dad, can I bring my blanket? It's a comfort to him. But as we age and as we grow up, some of those comforts change. I know that when we become teenagers, we get a little older, girls, you know, you start to get comfort out of makeup. You know, you start feeling like I need to, I need to change a little bit. I need to fix my. You some, st- you suddenly become aware of things that you were never aware of before. You're worried about what other people are going to think and what other people are going to say. So you start doing your hair differently. You get your makeup going, boys. You know, a lot of the times, guys, you find comfort in, in sports. Come on, you start playing ball and you find comfort in how well you perform. Now, those of you know me personally, you know I'm not a sports person, so. Uh, This is not a regulation baseball bat. This is just a plastic bat that I was laying around the church. I didn't have any sporting uh, equipment, so that's not my gig. But for many of you, you find peace, you find comfort in the things that you're good at. But then life begins to get a little bit more complicated, and for many people, the next thing you start to find comfort in... Is the, is the relationships that you bring into your life. And so you, you get a little older, then you start dating, and man meets woman, and woman meets man, and, and suddenly you find your comfort by being accepted by maybe the opposite sex, those that you're in relationship with. And so, you know, we find ourselves looking for other people to provide us validation or comfort. And I don't know if the doctor and the nurse is a good pairing. HR may have some trouble with that. But we bring comfort in our relationships. We bring comfort in the people that we can gather around us. And then the older we get, suddenly we're still looking for that comfort because we find that those things don't always do the job. So then we start to say, how much money can we make? If I can just get more, if I can achieve more, if I can have just a little bit more green, then I'll find comfort in my life. And then even beyond that, the older we get, suddenly we find ourselves needing comfort from whatever we can to sustain our life. And what I want to talk to you today and remind you about is the fact that the Holy Spirit is the very presence of God that is there to comfort you. Jesus said, I will pray for a comforter that he would abide with you forever. Today it's the presence of God that is the greatest comforter that will bring the greatest refreshment of your life. All of these other things are good. And all of these other things, they have their place. But I want you to know today that those will not substitute the real power and presence of God. The best friend that thirst ever had, it's the power of God. Number two, holy help. The Holy Spirit will counsel you. I think this is an incredibly useful uh, role of the Holy Spirit. We need counseling today more than we have ever needed it before. We need truth today more than we have ever needed it before. Look at what the Bible says in John 16 and 13. It says, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you. If you can, underline that word guide. He'll guide you into all truth. Underline that word truth. This is very important. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. This is incredibly important because the Bible is teaching us that the very presence of the Holy Spirit personally living within us is the greatest counsel that you and I could ever receive. When you just walk through this verse, it says the spirit of truth. And that's important because everything in our culture today is subjective. Every news has its own bias. Every opinion has its own bias. But people are looking for absolute truth. And the Bible says it's the Holy Spirit that brings that to us. And the Holy Spirit himself says, the Bible says, He don't even speak on His own. No, the Holy Spirit speaks what He has heard. And where does He get His information? Straight from God the Father. And then He brings that, He passes that on to us. Do you know that every minute... Google receives 70,000 questions about people's health. And if I could challenge you in anything, if you get a bad doctor's report do not Google it. It's the worst thing you can possibly do. If you've got a cold, don't Google it. It's the worst possible thing you could possibly do. We use Google We use the person down the street. We use the uh, magazine that came off of the rack. We use the article from whatever source that floated across Facebook. I mean, we use everything we can possibly think of as a source. And the problem is when we get away from the truth, when we get away from the leading and the guidance and the counsel of the Holy Spirit, it leads us off into danger. A few years ago we were hosting a a missions golf tournament at a really nice golf course and I was helping organize the event. Lots of people showed up from all across the community and uh, different places and different businesses and people from church and all of these different groups came together for this golf tournament that would benefit missions that would go out around the world. And this one particular gentleman, he started drinking really early. He was a part of a business in town, and he brought alcohol for his, his golfing. I don't know, maybe he thought it was a, he was a better golfer if he had been drinking some, but he started early, and he did not stop. And later on that afternoon, when he would gotten to the top of a hill, He left the cart path, not on purpose, but he wasn't in his uh, best that day. Over the golf cart, uh, took the golf cart over the path, over a cliff, off the side of a mountain, and destroyed the golf cart. It was a miracle that he walked away from that. I've never seen anything yet like that again in my life. He was starting the day like everybody else. But over the course of this time, he stopped following the path. He stopped following the signs. He didn't listen to the rules. And under his own guidance, his own abilities, well, because he was, you know, overwhelmed by everything that he had done to himself, much like us, come on, sometimes we get overwhelmed by everything in the world and we just leave the path. And when we get over the other side, we realize there's danger And there is destruction in our life. Listen, the Lord counsels you, the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God. You get counseling through the very Word of God. When you open it up, it brings life and it brings truth. You get counsel through prayer. When you pray and ask God to speak to you, it may sound crazy, but He will speak to you. You get counsel through people in your life. Good, sound people that will tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. People that bring you and illuminate the Word of God in your darkness, not people who will sit with you in the night. You need people that help encourage you in the things of God. And then through a still, small voice, you can hear the very presence of God, the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. And we can learn to be tuned in to the very voice of the Lord. So how do I know if the Holy Spirit is leading me? Maybe you're asking that question. How do I know if He is the one leading me? How do I know if I'm following the counsel of the Holy Spirit? Well, I say it this way. God will never take you to where the devil can break you. God will never lead you to a place where the devil can break you. God will never do that in your life. So if you found yourself in a place that is unhealthy, if you've made decisions that have led you to an outcome that is not God's best, then maybe the Holy Spirit was not leading you. God will never take you to where the devil can break you. You will never be directed to a place, a people, or a position that tunes out truth. Never. You will never be directed to a place, to a people, or to a position that tunes out truth. The Holy Spirit will always lead you into perfect truth from the Word of God. So number three, I want you to write this one down. The Holy Spirit will carry you. I think this is so absolutely incredible. Not only will the Holy Spirit comfort you and counsel you, but in your worst, at your darkest, at your weakest, the Holy Spirit will carry you. Look at this scripture with me. Romans 8, 26 and 27 says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. In my notes, I underline the word help and I underline the word weakness. For we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of of God. I think this is such a powerful verse of Scripture because it shows us what the heart of God is, that He would personally reside with us in order to carry us when we can't carry ourselves. Just in this one, uh, pair I mean this is a few paragraphs, this one chunk of Romans 8 that He is giving us help in our weakness. He intercedes or He prays for us when we can't pray for ourselves. Listen, he gives us and prays the very will of God. Many of you have been to this moment of your life where you said, I'm just speechless. I'm just powerless. I'm defenseless. I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to say. I don't know what other choices that I can make. I feel like I'm at my wit's end. When we've been in those moments, or maybe you have experienced that, it's a moment where nothing else, nothing else will suffice. There's not one thing that you can look at that will cause you peace, that will bring you comfort that will carry you where you need to go. Many of you have tried substances, you've tried alcohol, you've tried drugs, you've tried relationships, you've tried eating all the food you can possibly eat, you have shopped until you have no more money left and you are in the negative, you've tried to get involved in other things, you've tried to have hobbies, you've tried everything to try to find a little source of life, but it has left you empty. It's those moments when you cannot carry yourself that the very Holy Spirit comes in to carry us. Listen, I love this. Pastor Larry Stockstill explains that when the Holy Spirit prays for you in ways that you can't even voice, when you're speechless, when you have no words left to pray, when you have no words left to say, Pastor Larry Stockstill teaches this. It's a prayer from your spirit, directed by the Spirit, accomplishing the results in the spirit world. So when the Bible teaches that when you can't do it, when you're spent, when you're empty, and when you are all alone, then the Holy Spirit comes in and He begins to do what you cannot do. He begins to give what you do not have. The Holy Spirit becomes your source. Actually, it's the very presence of God that begins to activate itself inside of your life. And like Pastor Larry said, that the prayers come from your spirit and it is directed by the Spirit which accomplishes results in the Spirit." In other words, the Holy Spirit brings things out of your life that you can't do for yourself. And He begins to do things for you that you couldn't do on your own, and He will carry you. So today, if you're at your weakest and you feel like you've got nowhere else to go and you don't know how you're gonna overcome where you are in this season of life, I wanna tell you that the Holy Spirit will carry you. The Holy Spirit, listen, He will comfort you and the Holy Spirit will counsel you. So I want you to flip your outline over, and I want to talk about real refreshing today. Not the kind that Coca-Cola brings, but I want to talk about the best friend that thirst ever had. We've talked about the very presence of God and how to encounter the presence of God. And I want to tell you practically how you engage with the Holy Spirit. The first is this. You need to ask the Holy Spirit, say, change me. Holy Spirit, change me. It starts with a change that happens inside of us so that everything internally changes before anything externally changes. Listen to what the Bible says. says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Search me, God know my heart. The Bible teaches us that God looks at the heart. God does not look at everything that man looks at. We look at the way people are dressed, we look at the way they fix their hair, we look at the way they present themselves in any capacity that you can think of. We look at everything beyond the heart. But the Bible says right here that God is looking at your heart. And so what I would say is if you want to go before the Holy Spirit to have a more intimate relationship with God, The Holy Spirit is intimate. It's the presence of God living inside of your life, directing you, talking to you, praying for you. It is an intimate, close relationship with God. And the closer we get to God, the more we receive from Him. And so to encounter the Holy Spirit in a powerful way, we've got to say, God, look at my heart. And then test me. God, know my thoughts. Point out anything in me, anything. When you say anything, you have to be prepared for anything, anything that God says, your attitude, your outlook, the way you present uh, your, your words, your life, the actions, the things that you choose to do or choose not to do, the people that you bring into your life, the people that you exclude from your life, where you spend your time, where you spend your money, the way you navigate all of your decisions. Listen, God, if you see anything in me that's not pleasing to you, notice that. Anything that offends you, We're worried about being offended ourselves. We're so worried and wrapped up in 2020 about me being offended and what you said to me and what you did to me. But if we get closer to God to experience His presence and His power, the Holy Spirit, then we have to say, God, what's inside of me that offends you? And God, if you find anything in my life that is offensive to you, God, I pray that you would remove it. So we need to ask God, beginning to change me, God. Begin to search me and change anything that is in me, God. I present myself to you. I want to be close to you. I want to have intimacy with you. God, I want our relationship to be everything that I know that it can be because you created me for relationship with you. So God, first of all, change me. Number two, God, cleanse me. The Bible says in Psalm 51, 10 and 11, Create, I love that word create, create in me a clean heart, God. Renew, renewal, renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. So God, change me. If there's anything in my life that is not pleasing, if there's anything in my heart, God, there's an obstacle between my relationship and you and and experiencing the presence of of the Holy Spirit, your intimacy in my life, then begin to change me. And God, as you begin to change anything you see and anything you bring to my awareness, God, then, then cleanse me. I pray that you would make me new. God, I pray that you would bring renewal to my life. I pray that you would create in me something that is brand new. The Bible tells us that when we come before the Lord and we give Him our heart and we give our life to Him, that the old passes away and all things become new. We get a brand new life. That's why in in Christianese we say born again. That's why if you don't understand those statements that we are born again Christians. It means that our life has had a rebirth. We're not who we once was. That God has changed everything in our life. He began changing and rearranging. He began to clean us up and make us new and bring cleansing to our life. And that draws us closer to the presence of God so that the Holy Spirit has room to work in my life so I can experience the power of God and find refreshing in my time of trouble. So God, change me. God, cleanse me. And then number three, this is how you encounter the Holy Spirit, you say this, Holy Spirit, consume me. Consume me. Listen to what Scripture says. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, somebody's saying, well, what are we talking about here? What's the context here? Well, don't be drunk with wine. That's pretty, that's pretty self-explanatory. We're not supposed to be we're drunk with anything, you're not supposed to be impaired. And the reason is, is because when you're impaired, you're not in control. But as the Bible says, also don't be drunk with wine because it will ruin your life, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm asking you this question today what are you consumed with? What has consumed your life so that you are no longer in control? And when you lose control, soon you will find, as the Scripture says, that your life will be ruined. See, today if fear consumes you, it will ruin your life. If worry consumes you, it will ruin your life. If substance abuse consumes you, it will ruin your life. If unhealthy relationships consume you, if debt consumes you, if pride consumes you, if unforgiveness consumes you, if offense consumes you, and on and on and on and on. Whatever you are impaired with that is consuming your life will ruin it. However, if you say, Holy Spirit, consume me, it will change your life. The very presence of God, the power of God, the Holy Spirit of God is a gift of God. And God wants to give it to you and all you have to do is ask. And as you ask God, change me, cleanse me, and consume me with the things of you so that I can be close to you, all He's waiting on is an invitation. And I can promise you this, that everything that is promised through the Holy Spirit Everything that God promised us in his word that he would comfort us and that he would counsel us and that he would carry us and there are so many more promises and benefits of the Holy Spirit that God would bring to your life if only today we would say God begin to work inside of my life before I even worry about the external begin to work internal change me cleanse me God if something about my life offends you clean me up and consume me with all the things that that you love and all that you are. So right now where you are, I wanna pray that over you today. Can I do that? Maybe you're watching or you're listening and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Well, let me tell you, the greatest decision you could ever make is to say yes to him. And today I wanna give you an opportunity to do that. As a matter of fact, right there on your screen, you can click a button that says, today I'm giving my heart and my life to Jesus if you're watching at church online. And I would love for you to do that. I'm going to pray for you and then for those of us who are just overwhelmed and we need that sense of refreshing. Maybe you've tried everything else. Today the best friend thirst ever had is the Holy Spirit. That's the best friend for the thirst of your life and I want to pray that you would be able to encounter that and that God would help you walk through every season that you're walking through. So God, today, I love you. I thank you for all of my friends who are watching or listening. I pray right now for any person that does not have a personal relationship with you. Jesus, today, we know that we've all messed up. We've all missed it, and we need you. You're the answer. And we thank you that you gave your heart, your life to die on the cross so that we could be, God, in unity and in relationship with you. Forgive us of our sin. Today, we commit our life to you. And God, I pray for every person that is just struggling in this season, looking for refreshing. God, I pray that today that the best friend that their thirst ever had would be the power and the presence of God, the very presence of the Holy Spirit living in their life. Today, we ask you to change us. God, we ask you to cleanse us. And God, we ask you to consume us. Thank you, God, for loving us that much. We dedicate everything we have to you today, God. And I believe that today you're speaking over every need and over every life, wherever people may be. Jesus, may you get all the credit. May you get all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.